Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. I was seeking the Lord uh, for guidance, of course, as we try to every week, but I was praying and asking the Lord, you know, I really want to, I really want to feed my church family, uh, the word, uh, but not my word, your words, um, that are, that, that will be timely and in tune with where you are and where I am and where he wants us to be. Um, I really want that. And so I'm trusting his leading. And in that time, I felt like he led me to Psalm 37, a very popular psalm. It's, I think it's up there probably in the top 10 of psalms. Psalm 37 is one. Um, but, and, and I want to tie together this idea of resolutions, you know, that, we, that a lot of us make or try to make um, and compare that to relational revelations, I've found in my life that there are some resolutions I've been able to keep, but I've also found something more inspiring that if I look back over my life, I find that I've been more successful or, or using a biblical terminology, more, more fruitful. Um, when in relationship with the Lord, he reveals something to me to put into practice or give my attention to holy. I find that those things that come out of rev- relational revelation seem to stick uh, better than me going, you know what I need to do? And who doesn't right now, right? I mean, who doesn't need to lose five? You know, I, I, I just wish I could lose five faster than I gained. What's that about? What is that about? So anyway, I guess the question is, shall we live by resolutions Nothing wrong with that, really, but, or relational revelation from the Holy Spirit. Uh, one, I can, I get, they say, well, how's that working for you? The other one, re- relational revelations, God has many promises waiting for us up the road of following his word. There are many promises. Uh, Psalm 37 opened up to me, and I thought about the difference between those things. Um, and so I want to pray one more time that, that the Lord will, I really feel that today is fine-tuned for somebody. I know that we always say that, and I've said that many times. I don't want that to be cliche. It's always for everybody. God's for everybody. God's an everybody God. But in that, I think sometimes there are words that are just more timed for, for people, and I believe this is one of those. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, you're the same, um, you know, we, we have this calendar that has been based on, you know, calendars. It's in our view, it's 2023. And then the Jewish calendar, it's something, something. And, but Lord, you know, today's another day with you. And you are the same, whatever day it is or whatever year it is. Your word, we believe, is the same. Um, it will not get more stronger in the new year than it was in the last year. Your faithfulness reaches to the heavens You are the I am. Jesus, you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And that the rock is solid. 
Your rock is solid, and we believe that, that Christ Jesus is Lord over all things, not just the church, and we believe that. So we ask you, Lord, to teach us your ways. We ask you to speak to us, and our souls will live. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil and save souls. We pray, oh God, that this would be a year of not, of, of not calling shifting sheep a move of God, but calling the salvation of the lost a move of God, and may we move with God in the harvesting of the earth. Somebody say amen. amen. In the harvesting of the earth, in Jesus' name, and now we all say amen. amen. Someone said that Psalm 37, if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you have your phone, mute it and turn there. Uh, Psalm 37, someone said, is a, con is a contrast of wisdom against worry. And I believe that. But even more deeply, one of my favorite pastor teachers is Charles Swindoll. And he writes great stuff, Chuck Swindoll. And he says about Psalm 37, all of life's changes have not soured nor disquieted the writer of this psalm, for he has learned to see God in everything. I love that. Revelations from the word of God for us to prepare for what's coming in 2024. I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. I'm not. Um, and I, I would say this, you don't even have to be a prophet. Um to see that 2024 could, could be very challenging. I believe challenging times are coming, um, and, and that's not because I've heard from the Lord. Who wouldn't think that, right? Who wouldn't think it? Things coming at us that will give us a reason to be susceptible to toxic, troublesome emotions, and things are coming that could make us susceptible to people with troubled spirits or worse. And because of those things, as we head forward, things are going to be coming forward toward us. And we can be triggered by those things into acts, and if not acts, Attitudes that can bring discouragement, depression, deception, division, destructive fruit in, in, in your own life, my life, in our, in our church, in our families, on our jobs, and in our friendships. You know, some friendships, I know some people, some people have lost friendships and have never restored them since the 2016 presidential election. Some churches have never recovered relationally since the COVID shutdown. Let's face it. It appears that Challenging times could come. And this psalm gives us very clear guidance about a godly warning 
as we walk forward in the future, whether it's 2024, whether it's 2025. But not only that, this psalm gives us wonderful counsel with accompanying promises, if heeded, that awaits us as we navigate forward. So let's look at it. Psalm 37, verses one through three, and next week we'll look at the rest of the beginning portion. Psalm 37, one through three, and it says this. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord. Would everybody say that with me? Trust in the Lord. Would you say it one more time? Trust in the Lord. Just just think about that for a minute. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. King David wrote this psalm, and he wrote many. And he's guided by the Holy Spirit to tell us about do-nots and be-nots. And then in being and doing, heading forward. Adding what Chuck Swindoll says about David writing this, he says, this is... This man is ripened with the wisdom and autumn calm of a seasoned man who is able to reflect back and realize that it is senseless, fruitless to become agitated by what will soon cease. So if David was here today and he was giving commentary on the psalm he wrote, he would say, the first thing that I really highly advise and exhort you as followers of God, followers of Jesus to believe, is is this. First of all, take negative to the dumping grounds. Take negative to the dumping grounds. Now, negative isn't a person. (laughs) Okay, I saw some of you look look next to you. Uh, That's that's not not what I I was meaning. (laughs) (laughs) take negative to the dumping grounds. Here's what he says. Do not, the word is fret. Do not fret because of evildoers and be not envious toward wrongdoers. I would break these down. The Hebrew word for fret is the word hara. It's it's spelled H-A-R-A. It's pronounced hara. Hara, do not fret is a a negative emotion that starts out by taking root in your mind or my mind, and then it starts to kindle. But Hera means that it's gone from kindle to a boiling point of anger. David is saying there are things that we will encounter, not even looking for them, that we have to be We have to realize when these negative things come, we have to get them out of us. You have to get them out. Take negative. It's a in other words, the Holy Spirit is saying through this: do not allow what is happening, or what might be happening, or most likely will be happening at times, to kindle in you or me a slow burn 
that intensifies into a boiling anger. Now, that's just good advice, generally speaking, right? I don't know. I've heard that there are some Christian people that struggle with anger. I know nobody in our church is that way. But I've heard that there's these rare dudes that just get upset about stuff. You know, I, I hope they stay away from me, right? Um, take negative to the dumping grounds. Um, but here specifically, he's saying, as you watch what's going on in the world, because this has been going on since the world, the righteous write about this in the Psalms all the time. Here's what. Why do good people, God's people, suffer and evil people seem to prosper and get away with it? That has been a question that God hasn't answered since the start. So if you think oh, my resolution is I'm going to get an answer from God on that, you're going to be waiting on I don't know street at the neck when the ball drops next year, okay? And worse than I don't know is when we think we do and then we fill in the blanks. That is what fretting can do. So David is saying, you know, you're going to look out and you're going to see, you're going to see evil people prosper. Evil's going to do evil, and it's going to seem at times they're getting away with it. And he says, do not let that get kindled in your soul and become a slow boil to an intense anger because it's ready toxic. It's toxic. They're going to keep on doing their thing, and it's going to do something to me. It's going to do something to you. Um, and then he talks about it in verse 7 and 8. He says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. That means that they will. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. This is David. It leads only to evil. So the reason we got to take negative to the dumping grounds regarding fretting regarding this is because it will do something to us if it's inside of us. It's an intensifying, reciting anger in the soul that will not diminish unless I take it to the dumping grounds. And then he also says, that's a do not, do not. And then he says, be not. Be not envious at the wrongdoer. Kana is the word, Q-A-N-A. It means a jealous, a jealous zealousness. Now watch this. You're watching people in the world breaking the rules that you keep, I keep. Not walking the walk, and there it is. And the enemy of our soul speaks to us and says, do you see that? You don't have that. You're working hard. You're doing the right thing. You're living the right way. You're praying. You're going, uh, wouldn't you want a little bit of that? But then it goes deeper. Focus on that. Focus on that. Just walk around going, why not me? Why not me? And then even take it further, and which is more dangerous. 
Why not God? Why not God? That toxicity comes from a false point of view. That toxicity comes from looking at that and, and deciding what that means out of our own minds and having the enemy help us tell us what that means. There was a psalmist by the name of Asaph. Asaph was a prophetic songwriter during the reign of David and Solomon. He was a Holy Ghost songwriter poet, Asaph, and he fell into the trap of this fretting and envy. He writes about it in Psalm 73. I don't have it in the slides, but listen to this and look at this. He writes, he says, surely God is good to Israel, but as for me, listen to this. As for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. Here's why. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem, see his eyes, they seem to live such painless lives. Isn't it amazing how reality can get marred? They're not living painless lives, but they seem to be to me because toxicity is changing my perspective because it's in me. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Listen, they don't have any troubles like other people. Who's telling him this? The one we ignore instead of resist. Listen, they wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. It reminds me of the old uh, Dire Straits song. Look at him, that ain't working. Singing songs on the MTV, right? Money for no, rest, right? They scoff and speak only evil. I can, Ron, I can always throw a good, a good song in to a sermon. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the heavens and their words strut through the earth. Do you feel that, the, do you feel that added, the tood in those words? And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. And then he asks this, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? See, you're not the first one that asked that. Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Then Asa is gripped by a truth and he says, listen to this, listen to this. When I talk this way, somebody is listening. If my grandkids hear me talk that way, somebody's listening. Asaph says, if I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor, God, to your people. That's, that's, so I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Look at this then. Then, home, home viewers, then I went into your sanctuary, oh God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. We are to preach the love of God, but we must preach the destiny of the wicked in the sanctuary of the Lord as well. And we're in a time right now where the pressure is getting strong to not go there. Just sunshine and rainbows in Jesus. 
People are driving their car off cliffs and we're supposed to be nice and let them do it lest they get offended on their way to driving off the cliff. When you arise, O Lord, you'll laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. And then he says, then I realized, listen, then I realized my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. That's what David is saying. Do not be not. Ever been there? Oh yeah. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet, and this is the mercy of God, yet I still belong to you. That's why God's warning us. He loves us. I, you hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. So the, see, he, here's what he did. He took his wheelbarrow, spiritually speaking, filled it up with that toxic junk, took it outside of the city of Jerusalem and flipped it over the valley of Ben-Hinnom. Then he could see clearly. There is a passage I want to share with you from Nehemiah 3. There are two books I'd ask you to devour in 24, Ezra and Nehemiah, because we're going to go there. In the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is sent by God to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem that have been burned down through judgment. That means the people of God were susceptible to outside invasion. So he, in 52 days, with wise leadership led by God and by a networking of, of committed men and women, they built all the walls and the gates that you could go in and out. And they're interesting in Nehemiah 3, the names of these gates. Two of them are listed in this passage. The valley gate was repaired, and it tells you who did it, the doors and the bolts. The dung gate was repaired. Think of that, the valley gate and the dung gate. If you've studied the, the geography of the city of Jerusalem, the valley gate they're talking about is this place called the Valley of Ben-Hinnom. The Valley of Ben-Hinnom is, is, is a point of reference. Whenever Jesus talked about the hellfire, Gehenna, yes, he's talking about the end of the age, but when you're in Jerusalem and you hear him say, Gehenna, you're not thinking end of the age as much as you're thinking right outside the city in that valley where they burn the trash nonstop and the worms never die. The valley of Ben-Hinnom, Gehenna, was, you would get to it from inside the city through the valley gate and the dung, D-U-N-G. C, P. Four letters, C-R-A. Anyway, that, they didn't have a sewage system. They didn't have a sewage system at this time. And so, got to get it out. So, Jesus refers to this. So, what do you do with the kindled anger in, in the envy? Out of the heart, into the dumping ground. Here's one of the ways I do it. I write mine out. Got to get it out of me. I write it out. I have a journal that if I die and people look at it, they're going to go, wow, he was, he was, loved the Lord. But if that, the other one, they'd be like, dang. <laughs> hey, if it's not out of you, it's in you. You can write it out. You can shout it out. I've done, in, in honesty to God. Have you ever read some of the, some of the Psalms David wrote? that weren't the Lord is my shepherd. He's right, rip their lips off and kill their mother. I mean, and you're going, and you're going, what? 
You know why he wrote that to God? He wrote, you know when the Bible says that God loved him because he was a man after God's heart? You know why I think God loved him? Because he was honest in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Crashed their heads in the rocks. So David wrote those words thinking, what? You know why he wrote those things out? Because he didn't want to have to go and crush somebody's head in the rocks. Cry it out, call it out, but it needs to get out because it's toxic in a marriage, in a family, in a business, in a ministry staff. It's a, it will kill you and kill it. And there are things coming at us that will do it. Here's what Jesus said. Don't you understand? Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Hallelujah. <laughs> but it can make you fatter than you were when you started. Food doesn't go into <laughs> food doesn't go into your heart. Why do I love pie so much, Lord? Why do I love pie so much? But only food doesn't go into your what? Your heart, but it passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. During the Jesus ministry, they they fixed that issue. They had the sewer system then, but it would still go out into the valley of Ben Hinnom. By saying this, he declared every kind of food except when God's eyes, Katie, when I eat those cookies today, I'm going to realize they're acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. So the presence of, the, here's, the, here's the good news. Here's the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus called him our helper. And, and it's a promise. He passionately wants, just like with resolutions. With resolutions, we're not on our own relational revelation, when God reveals something for me to do, he will say, you don't have to do that by yourself. You take one hand to the wheelbarrow, I'll take the other, and let's walk this. I don't judge your Christianity because you want to crush somebody. We just take, and we're all that way, except me. We're all that way, except me. And so you need me. You need me. You met up. You need me, Tim. Right? I'll just use me. Here, I'll, let's take this wheelbarrow, fill it up with all the stuff, Nobody's going to know. And if they judge you, hey, let me tell you about them. But listen, you take that out, 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 and you flip it. I've done that. I come back, and I thought it all went out, and that's still there. Uh, we have to wear out a path, but we're not alone. We don't resolve in our own strength to do that. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit... I say to him, please feel free to take me by the heart and lead me by the hand to the dumping ground. It's so important to be sensitive to, to be corrected by the Lord. It is so important to be sensitive to be corrected by the Lord. To have his word wash us. He has big shoulders, he can take it. You won't knock Jesus off the throne if a fuzzy word comes out. It'll mess you up. It'll take your Christian friends off the throne, but they're not on the throne anyway. Did I help anybody in the church right when I just said that? Okay, one. One person. Um, he won't condemn us. And this is no light thing. We have to get honest about the people that have hurt us so we don't hurt people. We have to get honest about the pe people we've hurt. We have to get honest, honest and get the negative out of us by the help of the Holy Spirit and get it outside of our house. 
You say, well, I never struggle. Let's say you run your business the way God wants you to run your business and you're struggling. You're, not, you're doing okay, but you could be doing better financially, all that. And there's some dude down the road and they take advantage of people doing the same kind of business you do and they're living high on the ranch. And that's no big deal to you? Or how about marriage? You're faithful in your marriage, or he or she wasn't. They leave you, and they live big now with the next one. And you're broke, busted, and disgusted. No big deal? No little somebody comes along and says, now look what you got for living for God. See, that's real. What do you do with that? What do you do with it? The Holy Spirit says, I see it, I know it. I want, I, want to, I want to help you walk this out and flip it. I've had to make many trips, but it's best to flip it than to flip people the... And look at your friend, all Christian and cute, and say, best to dump it. Look at him and say it. Best to... Listen to me. No, say it. Best to dump it. Best to flip it. And here, here's a revelation. Here's a revelation for you and I as we walk forward in 2024, quoting Bob Dylan. People are crazy and times are strange. But you know what he says the next? And I'm locked in tight and I'm out of range and I used to care, but things have changed. There's a lot of things to unplug that I care a whole lot about in the world. Yeah, but I got to be informed. That's, uh, do we? I don't know. It means that we have to be separated from the toxicity, but still on a mission to go into the world with light and salt. But light and salt, light and salt shines when toxicity has been flipped. Do not fret, be not envious, okay? But now here's the good part. The wise counsel with promises. Trust in the Lord. These symbols mean something. Trust, heart, in the Lord and, and, see the do good? But the do good doesn't come from me. It'll come through me. The do good, see where I have it pointed to? The Lord has the do goods for us. He has the goods so I can do good. Or I can try to just resolve in my own strength to, how's that work out for? It doesn't, look. First thing is trust. And trust, listen, if anyone tells you trust is easy, they haven't met people. They haven't lived it long. Trust is hard. Anybody found that yet? Trust is hard. Trust is tough. But here's the thing. The more we know of who he is, the more trustworthy we find him to be. He truly is Jesus Heavenly Father, wonderful Holy Spirit, you truly are trustworthy. 
You are worthy of my trust. So trust in the Lord means this. There's why I put the heart there. David knows this. God is saying this to me. God is saying this to you. Take your heart and throw it at me. Take your heart and just throw it at the Lord. Take your heart and just throw it all toward God. Throw it all into the arms of Jesus. Your heart, not your head. We know so many verses. I asked the Lord many times. I know, I know all the book answers, but you gotta talk to me in a different way because I, can't, I know too many of the Bible verses to know it's you when you talk to me because I can pull them up. So sneak up on another way with me so I know it's you. I, I'm weird, but I have to do that. But here's what he wants. Uh, here it is. Lord, I don't know why. I can't figure it out, and I can't fix it. Oh, boy. One, one thing that, that many of us in the church should do is get off the I can fix it street. Get off it. Only God can fix it. And I'll never be God. I don't know why, I can't figure it out, I can't fix it, I can't change it. I don't like it, I don't want it. But here's my heart. And I trust my heart to you. David is talking about the toxicity that's coming, unavoidable, that will hit my soul, unavoidable. And I must take it to the dumping grounds or it will take me to the dumping grounds. I do believe, listen, I do believe in hell and I do believe that there is one and I hope nobody goes there that I know. But in some of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is talking about the fires of hell, if you miss the point that he's talking about your life turning into a garbage dump and the fires of demonic activity will be always around you like hornets, if you miss that part and only think of someday, you'll live in hell on your way there. He is talking a lot of times, you gotta look at the context, about right now. Right now. And, he, and, he's, and, and hey, that's why he says, look, if you've got that thing odd against your brother, look, don't come with your hallelujahs before you go there and get, doesn't he? I, I read that. Let me ask you something. Is that easy? That's not, I've never found that easy. I've never even found it that I wanted to do it. I've wanted God to do them. But you know what God knows about some of the them? They're never going to change. And you know what else I know? He knows me and wants me, and he wants my heart right. Anybody, anybody getting your, some, your, this is a revelational trust. This isn't a Bible knowledge only trust. This is a heart to heart. This is something he's revealing to you. It's not a muscle up. It's realizing the Lord is passionate and compassionate toward me. He is deeply desirous for me to reveal his trustworthy character out of the word and out of my life. And if I will throw my heart into the Lord, the Lord will release his heart into me. 
And so the do good here is not, okay, check mark, trust and start doing good. Okay, what good, what good can I, what, what, it's not that. It's throw in, it's throw in and God, it's what he does in us when we've created, listen, we've created space by flipping it, dumping it. We've created space so God can bring the grace. He can't bring the grace when I'm filled with that toxic stuff, when hell has a home in my soul. And so when I throw my heart in trust, the fruit of the good, listen, you know the the phrase, the, the horse and the cart, what's the horse, what's the cart? The fruit of the good that I do is not the horse. It's the cart. The horse is the power of the spirit released to me because I've thrown my heart of trust toward God and I've gone to the dumping grounds. That's the horsepower. When I throw my heart into the Lord and trust, when I've flipped the wheelbarrow of toxic fretting and envy in the valley, he creates grace in me because I've created space for it. Trust in the Lord and do good, and then this, and this will be done. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Stay with me. This is a position. This is, this is okay, I take the negative out, and then I get in the land where the soil of the land itself produces the faithfulness of God in my life. Watch this. Remember, uh, so, so like, if someone says, where do you live? I've been, I wrote Christmas cards, I wrote thank you notes, uh, addresses, where do you live and all that. Well, you have to tell them where you live, but, but here's where my brain should be. Where do you live? I live in the promised land. That's where, where do you live? I live in the land of God's faithfulness. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Watch. When, when Abram was 99 years old, we got it? You guys are good. When Abram was 99 years old, he had already moved him and his wife and his people to the land God would show him. A land of what? Promise. He positioned his life, he left, he heard, he left, followed the voice, got his feet in the land, and only three times in his life did God reveal himself to Abraham, unlike the YouTube prophets every day. When Abram was 99, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Works mentality Christianity sees that and goes, okay, here's another checklist. Okay, he's Almighty God, so I've got to walk a certain way, and if I walk a certain way faithfully, and I'm not sure what that means, maybe it means I never make a mistake, and if I do, I'm out. Maybe that means, I don't know what that means. What does it mean? I don't know what it means. And be blameless. Blameless. Oh, see, well, that's why nothing good happens for me, because I'm not blameless. And then, I was like, so, okay. It's good to know the original language of the Bible. 
El Shaddai means God Almighty. Shaddai means Almighty. But it also means, in the culture of Abraham, the breasty one. More even accurately, if you're a mama and you give birth, something happens to you physiologically, and your breasts fill with milk on a regular basis to provide nourishment for your child, right? Peter uses that picture talking about newborn Christians who should sincerely desire spiritual milk so they can grow by it. God uses this picture and says to Abraham, my storehouses, my supply is full. Walk before me in the land and I will fulfill your life to be blameless in front of me. Because if you get in the land where the soil produces its own fruitfulness, if you're in relationship with me where my breasts supply all you need, Isaiah calls God in the imagery of a mother with, his, with, with bountiful, hey, the Bible goes, it just says it. You can read it. I, I feel weird saying it, but <laughs> you get the point? Moms, have you ever had to pump? Had to pump, okay? Ooh, that's weird to talk about. But anyway, but uh, I am so passionate to make the point, right? You had to pump, right? Why? Because, yeah. So that's the, that's the, God said that. I am that to you. Walk with me in that. You'll be blameless before me. And the land will yield its fruit to you. So, with the help of the Holy Spirit in your wheelbarrow, mine, he tenderly helps us, knowing how we feel, knowing we're thinking words that we shouldn't say. And sometimes they slip out. Not me, of course, but you. And we, we feel, am I a real Christian? I want to punch the participle. There's a book, Christian Cuss Words. Fudge, shoot. There's these, use them if you, you know, whatever. Whatever makes you feel holy. Use them, whatever. But get it out of you to God. He has big shoulders. He knows it anyway. It's, you're getting it out of you. Someone asked one of the greatest songwriters in the world how he wrote that song. He said, well, that song there is nothing but me just throwing up on paper. It's in the top five songs, Rolling Stone, of all time. I was throwing up on paper. Hey. Is that holy? Depends on who you ask. But it's healthy. It's healthy. You flip it, and you throw your heart, my heart, to God and trust, and he throws and brings his fulfillment, grace into the space. And I live in a position like this and experience the faithfulness of God. Outlook from a revelational point of view. 
Psalm 37, 16. Here's what David goes on to say. Better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of many wicked. The steps of a good man are established by the Lord and he delights in his way. Now watch this for those of you who, like me, have blown it in the moments of toxicity with your attitude or your anger. You wish you could go back and say or unsay what you said or unshoot the arrow you shot, all that. When, not if, when he falls, and it's a girl thing too, he will not be hurled headlong. Why? This is awesome. This is the God of the Bible, not the God of religious spirits, but the God of the Bible. Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. If there isn't anything else you should be happy about right there, it's that. If everybody else lets go, not him. I've found that to be true. And then I love this one. David ends it up with this. Or not ends it, but comes close to ending it. I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends and his descendants are a blessing. This is why we get toxicity out of our heart. This is what we want, right? Isn't this what we want? Regardless of what comes, to have God holding our hand, to have all that junk on the outside and not on the inside, out, away, flipped, out, gone. And the space for God's nourishing milk of the word, his abundant presence flooding in because we've thrown our heart. Our head's gonna be everywhere, right? Dear Lord, I close with this one. Wait, if you're in the midst of this, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. And that's not something, I can't wait to see it. It's not that. He's just meaning, hey, you're gonna see it play out. Not on your schedule, not on your time. You'll see it play out. You'll see it play out. Just another encouraged thing from Asaph. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You've destroyed all those who are unfaithful. But as for me, I love this, listen. This is Psalm 73, 21 and on. But as for me, I love it, listen, this is for you. The nearness of my God I'm sorry, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Prepping for 24, toxicity is coming your way. You want some of it? It'll be on telly. It'll be on TikTok. It'll be down the street. And God has given me the helper to sensitize my life into where he says, look, you don't want this. This isn't yours. This isn't your war. This isn't yours. This, this is mine. You can't control this. You can't stop this. Here's what you can do. You take this side of the wheelbarrow, I'll take the other, and let's go for a walk through the dung gate because that's what it is. What's in you right now, you want this out of you. And let's flip it 
and then throw your heart, your broken heart, your heart, your, throw it at me and I will release to you. I had all that message and I was riding to the store in my car and I started hearing these things come at me about you. And I had to get my phone and start to record my voice of what I was hearing. And I wasn't making it up because it was coming too fast for me to make it up. And I just want to share with you what was coming to me. Um, is this a prophetic thing? I don't know if this is or not. It's just thoughts that came to me that I wasn't thinking, but I felt very strongly that I was to record them and then share them with you. And this comes from my heart, but this comes from the Lord. I believe the Lord feels this way, that he wants to commend those here who have trusted and who are cultivating faithfulness in your life, especially those of you who do not think you are. And just because there are things that haven't seemingly yielded in your world of what you'd love to have happen for you, you need to know that you in your present condition are a miracle of God. Because some of the things that you're going through, people fall quickly and you remain faithful. And God wants to commend you for that. He sees your persevering. He sees your patience in the midst of the land of seeming impossibilities. Some of you have taken on deep hardships and you've experienced hard words from people that have become like a crust over the lid of your spiritual well. But the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, you have given permission to begin to bubble up and break up that fallow ground so that in 2024, streams turning into rivers are going to fill your life. This year, as you continue to draw into his faithfulness, that stream is going to burst into brand new waterways of worship in your life. You're going to worship outwardly, expressively, and you are not about show, but God's gonna put you on the stage because the worship in your life is completely miraculous when people look and know the walk and the path you are on. And people are gonna wonder, how could so many God things be happening in a person's life like that? Because I know their story. Some of you have gone through the valley of weeping, not just over a year, but over years. And that weeping in 24 is going to turn into joy. Joy. 
Some of you wrote Christmas cards to people and you put your address on it. And the Lord would say to you that in the spirit in 2024, you're going to have a new address over your house and your house is going to be called the house of miracles. I'm gonna read that again. If any of these things apply to you or you feel a stirring to grab these, stand up. Would you stand up in faith in the name of the Lord? Stand up saying, I'm gonna receive these things. The Lord would say that in the, in, your, in, in the spirit in 2024, you're gonna have a new address over your house in God's eyes and it's gonna be called the miracle house. It's gonna be called the house of miracles. I don't think somebody got that yet and I'm told right now to say it again. When the Lord says something, he's jealous about it. He doesn't waste his breath. Some of you have written Christmas cards in the past with an envelope and a street address on your post office box, whatever, and the Lord would say that in the spirit in 2024, from his point of view and others, your house is gonna be called the miracle house. I say it again, the miracle house. As you allow the Holy Spirit to have complete reign in your life and in your destiny, this is really important. This, this, these, these can sound general cliche, okay? But for somebody, something general is very specific. As you allow the Holy Spirit to have complete reign in your life and your destiny, some of us are going to be asked by God to lay our plans down and it looks like we're laying down everything that has been in our heart and we're laying it down. And the Lord is saying this, you will find that for some, those plans will be given back to you, but they'll be given to you by God himself with a baptism upon them with his anointing. A baptism of blessing will be upon the plans that you surrendered to him that he will now expand through you. Other people, you have been through storms so hard that, that, that many would have fallen, but God has kept you, but you are wavering. I, listen, I, I have struggled over years of, of, with some traumatic things that have made me gun shy to get, and others could say, well, you don't have faith. Listen, sometimes people haven't been through the war you've been through, okay? And it's not an easy thing to step out of the water. It's not an easy thing to believe something when you've done it before and you got smacked and thrown and you woke up a couple years later going, what the, what, and, you know? This is for you. There will be very small time for wavering and double-mindedness because in 2024, the Lord is going to bring security and surety to your spirit. Security and surety to those of you who do what he shares with you to do. And that is this. Listen with the same commitment that you've had for new vision will come to you with pinpoint precision and navigational devices in faith and obedience so precise that the peace of God in the walk of faith will surround you before you arrive. 
Whereas before stepping in, the peace came after, this will be peace meeting you at the step. And then finally, I saw this in my heart. I saw the Lord handing out gift bags all through our church family, handing out gift bags, gift bags. They're Holy Spirit gift bags. It's the right gift. You look for the right gift for that special person that needs the sentimental, the, the one that's from the heart. You just can't get them anything. It's gotta be that, and you've searched and you prayed, and sometimes we're like, what else can I find that does? God has the perfect gift bag for you. The, the one that fits you, the one that is you, and it's going to be specially presented to you. He has your perfect gift bag ready to hand out to you for 2020. Four. So we're going to open the altars. I'm going to pray a prayer. These guys are going to do as they do and lead us in worship. Uh, it, it, you know what? I, um, look, some of us need to take the wheelbarrow. Bring the wheelbarrow right to the altar and just flip it. Flip it. Maybe even do it graphically. Walk up and just be, and don't look at anybody. Just don't look at them. They'll do that. Just, 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 hey, just, uh, I do symbolic things at times. I got to make myself see what I'm doing. You know what? I'm not wearing that no more. I'm not labeled that no more. I'm going to flip it. I'm dumping it out. I'm, it's out. It's, it's, it's somebody else's problem. God, that's yours. That's yours. And I'm going to throw my whole heart in trust to the Lord. And I'm going to get myself in a position where the things that God wants for me are going to happen to me. They're going to happen to me. Ready? Father, I pray that you would release every person into the anointings that are offered in this place today and those who are watching, anointings that are being offered, tributaries for you to position your boat and float on in, to take the stream that is flowing in a certain direction and you say to God, I'm gonna flip it, I'm gonna throw my heart in and Lord, I'm gonna stand in the place where the land itself will begin to yield. I pray you'd yield it, Lord. I pray you'd yield it. I pray you'd yield it. I pray you'd yield it. Come on, friend, come on. I release you in the name of Jesus for you to say goodbye to, the, to that stuff and onward we go with Jesus. Onward we go with the one who will not make you have to resolve it and do it on your own. You're not doing your crunches by yourself. You're not doing your push-ups by yourself. You're not doing the stepper by yourself. The helper's in you, the helper's in you, the helper's in you, the helper's with you. Give him space, give him space so he can pour in the grace in Jesus' name and I bless you in your faith and obedience to it. Receive today. Don't leave here without receiving a fresh anointing on your life in Jesus' name. Blessings.